the Lord is saying to you, hold and play and be steadfast. Just hold your hope. I'm going to show you something on the other side of this if you just hold my hand. Sometimes when you're young, you think that you can't get there quick enough. And the Lord oftentimes is a process God. He wants to see how much you really love him and how much you're depending on him. He's not asking you to be perfect. He's not asking you to be perfect. He is asking for your heart. On this episode of Leave It Better, we have Mitchell Williams, aka Brother Mitch, on the show. He's a multi-area director for FCA, the chaplain of the Southern Miss football team, and so much more. Brother Mitch, it's an honor to have you on the show, really. Thank you so much. Look, I think my uh, they should check my credit today because I'm right there with you, Mackenzie. <laughs> it was great to be here. Great mm -hmm. to be here. Big time. I'm humbled to be here, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> well, this year marks your 10-year anniversary of working with FCA, you volunteered for many more years than that, um, but you've done so much for this organization and you've been just like a pivotal role in growing FCA in this area. And before all of this, before all the lives that you have impacted and all the work that you have done, you were actually a sports director yep. for WDAM-TV. And so you worked there for about 30 years and then you came to work for FCA full time. I wanna flash back to the 10 years ago and what was going on, what heart change you had and why you decided to follow the call of the Lord to really focus on FCA? Oh, big question, great question. Um, whew, Lord have mercy. Well, let's see, let's go back. Um, I was a frustrated broadcaster the latter part of my career because we had, I was involved with FCA just kind of in the field, dealing with a lot of coaches, a lot of banquets, different things. But um, at these games I would go to, and all these same kids that we would see that were celebrating and all, um, three or four years later, we wouldn't see them. Or we would hear a constable or a deputy were form who were former football players saying, they're in my jail. Or a young lady that had been really talented she had either got disconnected or she was having her second child. It was like over and over and over and over. It kept beating us up. And uh, I'm married to a student athlete. I mean, um, my wife played volleyball at the university. So, uh, and I was cross country. So we talked a lot about just the climate. Well, uh, speed forward. Um, we have been bivocational ministry since we've been, in, I guess, 21. So we've been just kind of involved with the ministry for a long time, especially in athletics. Well, um, we did camps for Steve McNair for, um, since 2000, from 2000 uh, to 2009, and um, covered him when he was in junior high. And uh, when he passed away July the 4th, 2009, his mother called and said, put together his funeral. And I told her I wasn't. And then we 
she said, yeah, you are, and hung up the phone. Uh, 10 o'clock in the morning, we were at Reed Green Coliseum, and we were arranging his funeral. At the funeral, McKenzie, there was 1,600 to 2,000 coaches and athletes in the building, and not anybody, not a whole lot of folks were sure if they had a relationship with the Lord. We were the Bible Belt, right? We loved athletics here. And um, I remember um, standing up there on that platform, and I was just crying my eyeballs out. My wife came up and said, baby, what's wrong? I said, I don't know. So she called our pastor, Pastor Dwayne Higginson, and he put us in the back of that Tundra truck and took us to Gulf Shores, Alabama, and we walked the sands that night about 12 midnight. And he says, something's happening. I said, yeah. He said, but it's going to cost you something. I didn't know what that was. Well, um, I was part of a prayer group with uh, Dr. James Hutto, Richard Giannini, and some other wonderful people connected with the university. And um, an area director's job popped up. They wanted to have an area director for FCA. And they asked me if I was interested. I told them no. They'd already heard my frustrations and all. I said, we have to do more. They can't, these kids just can't go to hell. We don't have any follow-up. And um, I said, you know, so... I met with Dr. Hutto um, at Walgreens in Petal, and we prayed and fasted for 14 days. And then after that, I went to go see the state director at, uh, for FCA, Bill Buckner. And then 14 months later, I was in FCA. So that was, and that was interesting. And then we started, it was crazy. You know how um, you say you're called to something? You know, you like you said, people like to say, I'm called to something. Well, when I got called to FCA, it meant if you say you really want to get uh, 53 middle schools and high schools and the community colleges and the university all engaged with FCA, it means this. Starting FCA at William Carey on Sunday night. Being at Jones for FCA on Monday night. Being at Gulf Coast Community College on Tuesday night. Being at FCA at Pearl River on a Wednesday night and then being at the university on Thursday night to get all of them started. That's after going out and seeing high schools all day. We did that for the first three years. And the Lord then blossomed uh, with staff and all. And um, in 2015, we had a chaplain for football that left to become um, a coach in California. So the alignment changed, and the state director there at the time, Josh Gilreath, who is our one of our national vice presidents now, said, okay, well, you got the university, and you also have the area. You have the whole region. And I'm saying, oh, man, that's not. He said, yeah, you need to do that. So then I popped up at the school, and uh, we had five of us about five of us when we got started. And we've got kind of going around 2016, and that, and that included uh, Megan Brown and Cody and Hannah Block and uh, a few other students. That was it. And uh, now we have byproducts like you that's come out of there, and then the wonderful welfers have come here and just taken the university to another level. Yeah, I like your term blossom because that's definitely just in the four years that I've been here. I've seen FCA grow so much, and I've seen you, the relationships that you've built 
with so many student athletes over the years and just how you've poured into so many people and just serve as a, a father figure, hence, you know, mm -hmm. all the nicknames and stuff like that. Looking back at all those relationships you have formed, are there any stories that stand out to you that have really impacted you and, and made this, this role that you've taken on worth it? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a whole bunch of them. We, we, we won't have time to, <laughs> but highlight-wise is uh, one is uh, getting out the parking lot um, on campus and seeing Krista Welford walk up and say, how can we serve you? And I'm like, who are you? Who are you? And she just, you know, how she's bubbly and smiling and everything else. And then, I, you know, I got to meet Justin. I'm like, okay, all right. So, so Lord, what's going on with all of this? What's happening? And she starts meeting with folks before she gets into FCA. I'll never forget that meeting because I was like, really, a who you? Who are you? We had been, there was, had not been a staff uh, on the university campus. I said, Lord, well, thank you, Jesus. This is awesome. But we didn't know where it was going. Um, I can remember um, being in Pensacola, Florida, doing Cody and Hannah Block's wedding. Honor, just just seeing them grow, and then of course being in the college getaway, and Cody dropping that question uh, uh, to Hannah that you know, will you marry me? You know, and that was crazy, cause y'all, I've broken somebody's house to get the ring. Uh, for Hannah in broad daylight. It was actually Cody and uh, uh, Drake's house. So, you know, we uh, broke into the house. Not really breaking in. And then yeah. to get back to Jackson so he could, you know, do all what, well, I, I won't forget that. But I won't forget that faithful group that first started that, um, you know, you're tired and you're worn down, McKenzie, and then you come in there, you got this little old group, and they just there. And the beautiful thing was once after um, worship and everything was over with the relationships they cultivated. Just that little group. I will not for, forget that. I won't forget a, in starting not having a car, a phone, an office, or a staff. And I can remember being in Jones County, coming back home off Highway 84, crying my eyeballs out and saying, Lord, what's going on? I don't know what this is going to look like. And then I was reminded by um, a passage of scripture that um, my pastor at the time, Reverend C.E. Lewis at Ebenezer Baptist Church, spoke when I was 12 years old. And it was in the old King James Version, but it's um, uh, now in the NIV, but it's the same word. It's uh, irrevocable. Irrevoc Your calling cannot be reversed. Romans 11, 28, and 29. And so when you think about something that can't be reversed, you got to kind of go forward. And um, that applies to you. It applies to the Welfords. It applies to now our 20 staff. When we had nothing, it's now 20. How the Lord's done it. Um, your calling can't be reversed. And you can't have a calling without a caller. Good word, good word. So you do a lot of things. You just kind of highlighted, you know, all the past going to meetings and mm -hmm. facilitating that. You work with the football team almost daily. Yeah. A lot of the work you do is behind the scenes too. Mm -hmm. But do you have a favorite part of your job? That's a good question. 
my private time with the Lord at 530 in the morning, if it's at our office or in my closet at home, it's my best part of my day. See my wife sleep and she's in peace and going there. That's my favorite because when I walk out that door, we're in the battle. It's time to fight. Uh, if, if it's for one soul, if it's for a budget, to try to make sure budget's okay, uh, to make sure that um, alignment-wise and vision-wise that we can do ministry, that we can get into places where maybe the church cannot go right now. Um, yeah, my favorite part is the day is probably early in the morning. And, of course, football-wise, um, We've raised four boys. All our boys are grown. So when I go to do football, football, I, I, hate, I want to say not saying it's easy. It's just it's an environment we're very comfortable with. And um, comfortable in the environment, but not comfortable with, with all the things that we have to kind of address in football. Football's on, on fishbowl. So got to be on alert and vigilant, full of zeal. And we try to bring that every day and, and be paternal too love kids right where they are and um, that's this number in Mississippi where we have three quarters of our kids in Mississippi that play football or fatherless so um, if you see us out there we're big huggers big huggers even in COVID we've been a hugger uh, just to affirm them love on them so you are you've been in just surrounded in the college environment and high school too but yeah lots of college environment and you've walked through victories and championships and the highs with all these college students but also you've been there through all the lows and losses and trials and everything i know this is this is a very loaded question very general but for for college students out there particularly young ones who are just struggling with with trying to find something cons consistent, what what is your advice to them? Uh, two most important things. One is that you were not built to, to have life alone. Um, find somebody, get connected with someone that will tell you the truth. Whoever that is, uh, get connected. Don't isolate yourself. Because uh, my grandmother used to say, um, um, uh, isolation is a devil's workshop. And it's true. So one is to get connected with, with a group or someone that can walk with you. Jesus sent the disciples out in pairs. So um, you want to get with someone. And the second part is, is that um, the world has a message and the Lord has a message. Um, anyone that can believe two messages and function uh, is on the way of being deformed, so to speak. All of us, we've been challenged in being kind of crazy when we're listening to two kind of messages. The enemy wants to kill you. Sift you like wheat, want to take you out. The Lord is saying to you, Hold and play and be steadfast. Just hold your hope. I'm going to show you something on the other side of this if you just hold my hand. Sometimes when you're young, you think that you can't get there quick enough. And the Lord oftentimes is a process God. He wants to see how much you really love him and how much you're depending on him. 
He's not asking you to be perfect. He's not asking you to be perfect. He is asking for your heart. And if he can get your heart, then everything else will work out if he can get your heart. But you got to be willing to give it to him. And the enemy wants to tell you that your heart don't matter. And the Lord is saying, come, baby, come on, come on. Just give me some time. There are people around you that really want to walk with you and love you and accept you as you are. Condemnation is no big deal to God. God is like, I can wipe that clean. Just come my way. And um, you're never too far away from a blessing. So good. And final question for you. This is how we wrap up every, every show because it's the name of the show. And I almost feel silly asking you because it's so obvious how you have left it better with just all your work with FCA and all, all that you've done for all of us. But now, from this moment on, what is something particular that you are doing to, to leave this area and leave your, your peers and fellow employees and the students you work with better than you found them? Oh, man. Oh, wow. Coming in this building and seeing Justin and seeing all what they do, uh, that's a remnant of them trusting God and saying they're going to come under the FCA bubble. Uh, seeing you, McKenzie flourish um, when momentum was starting on campus you were part of that and now you're getting ready to make decisions for the rest of your life um, having no staff to now 20 uh, and every day through those 20 somebody's having a conversation about Jesus somewhere we may not can hear it but it's happening and of those 20, they're around a campus somewhere. And there's someone in a dark place. And there's someone through the Fellowship of Christian Athletes that's there. Making it better, um, I'll take credit for nothing. But I will say that I'm grateful that the Lord put me on this journey. Well, thank you so much for, for taking time on your, your crazy busy schedule to to sit here and talk with us today and just sharing and all you have done for all of us. My pleasure. It is an honor and uh, go make us famous. <laughs>